my approach is to be myself and to come into to, to show up as I am and to allow people to show up as, as they are as well, as much as possible and to be, to, you know, really just to be human as, and tr try to inspire, uh, but also bring humor and passion to, you know, to the table as well. So I think my leadership style is just to be myself and to really give people that we work with a chance to be themselves and to, um, you know, kind of laugh at the challenging times. I'm kind of a big believer in the obstacle is the way uh, approach, and that's not always easy. So definitely a big fan of stoicism, and I try to impart that on uh, the team a little bit. Welcome to the How They Lead podcast, hosted by Benjamin Wade and Ben Stocken. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the world of high performance, showcasing examples of how individuals and teams can reach their full potential. Together, they'll be inviting amazing guests who have defined or represented high performance in their own right. From world record breakers to individuals who have achieved first in their fields, the How They Lead podcast will showcase a diverse range of guests, each with their unique stories and insights to share. So join us as we challenge traditional ways of doing things, explore new ideas, methods and possibilities, and evolve the way people perform. Charles, welcome to the How They Lead podcast. Really pleased to, to have you on here. Um, be really great for our our listeners and our viewers for you to share a bit about a bit about who you are and the business you lead if that's okay sure thanks for having me guys i'm charles steed ceo and co-founder of zapnido and we are an enterprise community and knowledge sharing platform and we're based in london we've been working on zapnido to bring trusted brands together with their customers their audience their experts oh gosh for about seven years uh, we work with some amazing brands and I'm originally from the Bay Area, California, but I'm a proper Londoner. I've been here 15 uh, long winters, 15 amazing summers. But yeah, and that's me. Um, I guess, yeah, like you guys, I'm, I, before the startup, I was much more into endurance uh, racing and, and climbed not, not a lot of peaks, but a couple of peaks as well. So definitely resonate with what you guys do. Thank you. We'll come to our West Peak question okay. towards the end of the conversation. But um, yeah, so you kind of talked a bit about, about endurance there. And for everyone who, who hasn't listened to any of the other podcast episodes yet or hasn't been on LinkedIn and, and fortunately or unfortunately had us post a lot about doing Ironman races or climbing Mont Blanc. Um, we're not an outdoors business, but we, we, tend to, we tend to like to do a fair bit of, bit of stuff outdoors as a team to challenge us. Um, Charles be really great to understand just just to start with this this conversation is designed for us to be able to talk to people who are at the rock face of leadership and and kind of delve into your your ways of working a bit to share that with up and coming people in the leadership space so what's what's in a couple of sentences what's your approach to 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 leading teams and people i think my approach is to be myself and to come into to, to show up as I am and to allow people to show up as, as they are as well, as much as possible. And to be, 
to you know really just to be human as, and tr try to inspire, uh, but also bring humor and passion to you know to the table as well. So I think my leadership style is just to be myself and to really give people that we work with a chance to be themselves and to um, you know kind of laugh at the challenging times. I'm kind of a big believer in the obstacle is the way uh, approach, and that's not always easy. So. Definitely a big fan of stoicism, and I try to impart that on uh, the team a little bit. And when you're in a startup to scale up, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a roller coaster. And so I think um, leading through, you know, as much authenticity as you can is, is really helpful. So I would say that's my kind of main approach. And then trying to tell stories and have empathy. So putting myself in the shoes of the people that we work with, the customers, the employees, as much as I can, you know, that's. It's it's an ongoing, um, you know, battle in a way to just you know to step back and really be present when you're trying to drive growth and change. Has appearing vulnerable appeared, or does, does that play a part in your leadership style or approach? Because I know we've done some workshops together, and I was quite impressed with your sort of refreshing approach, where you opened up about some of the concerns you had and some of your uh, areas for development with some of the junior members of the team and that really seemed to break down barriers and got them talking discussing and looked as if that was a great stepping stone on your journey for, for growth within the business it's opening up and being quite honest and open vulnerable to the rest of the team yeah i think i well i th i think to yeah you know, to a point in a way right you still need to be in charge and leading and but definitely you know to to remind people that you know i'm a human being and uh and all the leaders in the company are human and we're we don't all have the answers. And so, and also to recognize that we have our strengths or superpowers and we have our kryptonite um, that we have to deal with all the time. So definitely some vulnerability is, I think, important. I don't necessarily do it as like on purpose. I think it's just who I am, you know, just to be, and I, and I think that does come from having been in corporate for 20 years before we did this. And, and actually, you know, you're, when you're when you've done that, you climb the ladder. You don't necessarily like the view from the top, and you start a you know software company from scratch. You're there's a quick ego shatter that happens. Um, so, you know, so that, I think that's that's been really helpful. Is that I've had that kind of um, that change. You know, you go from a certain level, and then you you know into immediate rejection every day. So uh, yeah, so I think it humanizes you a little bit. I guess. And did you have someone that you looked up to or a mentor to almost guide you through that and to keep you on track? Or have you done um, I've been pretty blessed. With, yeah, I've been pretty blessed with mentors. I don't necessarily call them mentors, but, but definitely have been blessed with quite a few. And a lot of them became angels as well. So thinking about like Susanna and Mark and Thane all have brought, they, you know, they, they've all brought a lot of guidance and listening and empathy uh, and also challenged as well so i'm really lucky i'm really grateful for you know the mentors um, and then there's people that kind of mentor from afar they're not necessarily mentors but they act as role models that you look to other founders and things like that so yeah i've been really lucky yeah i like that yeah so it's often something that people don't tend to want to open up maybe it's just a uk business thing but people tend to shy away from having a coach or see it as a a weakness to ask for advice support or help yeah i'm always it sounds like you, you've embraced it i will yeah I, i've always done that and um and maybe it's a bay area california thing where you do you pull on your network and 
there's a kind of a pay it forward um, and pay it back kind of thing. So I think that is changing in the UK. I've, I've seen it change in the last 10 years, but it's a little bit more of a slower cultural uh, shift. <laughs> Um, and then you have, like, I'd say kind of, I, I hate to use this term, but anti-mentors. So you have people that have led you in the past or, you know, that, and you think about, okay, this is not how I want to lead. And so I think that's also helpful to have kind of the anti-mentors out there. Um, I love that. Anti-mentors. An anti-mentor, yeah. yeah. That's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like learn, from, learn from what you don't want to replicate. Is that where you're coming from? Exactly. I've had the good, bad, and the ugly in terms of bosses and people, you know, and so... I think it's good to know how you don't want to lead as well. So yeah, I think there's some cautionary tales out there, but mostly it's the positive mentors and guides that, that matter the most. And you mentioned no names, but when you said the good, bad and the ugly, there's sort of a glint in your eye. Are you remembering <laughs> something specific or something that you could share with us about the ugly? About, about yeah, the not, ugly? Not mentioning any oh. eyes, but yeah, what, what, what wouldn't you advise from what you've seen before? Um, I mean, I think it's, I think when you're driving things really hard and, you know, I think this sort of command and control approach to the leading is, it can be used effective, but yeah, I've seen that where it's kind of a command and control. This is the way we do it. And this is how it's got to be done. And I, I know best and that kind of thing. So I think that's a big, um, that's, that's something I don't think works anymore. Uh, I think it did work. And sometimes it can, you know, sometimes it happens and stress happens and you have to be like, okay, we're on, we're going. And I'm sure you guys have seen this um, and you have to kind of step into that. But I think that should be a very rare thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I won't tell you about the, the ugly too much, but um, definitely during the dot-com, I was, you know, I was much younger, obviously. Um, definitely saw some interesting uh, characters in Silicon Valley and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And uh, there was, um, there's a business that, that I was doing, doing a, a workshop with a little while ago, Charles, and they, are, well, they were between seed investment and Series A, about to, about to complete Series A. And I was talking to, they're, they're a, 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 a SaaS business as well. And I, they were talking to, I was talking to the CEO over, over lunch. And we were doing some work on, on moving in terms of leadership, like philosophy and approach from command and control, which he thought, they just got into because they had to get a product de developed, delivered, find some customers and, and make, get the cogs going. And he said he had this real recognition piece where actually they got to kind of 30 people um, and, and were becoming geographically spread that opened up an office in, in the US, um, were UK based. And he, he just, he felt that there was this moment where he realized that the command and control piece he'd become the single point of failure because because it was command and control and we were doing working on on coaching and mentoring and using that as a as a leadership and i it just made me wonder in your in your seven years of of zapnito whether you now looking back at, at that period from the very early stages to to where you're now whether you'd noticed a a, a change and a transfer in in the way that you led or whether it's been consistent throughout um that's a great question i think I, I kind of, I probably do default to that sometimes that I don't mean to, you know, so, so I do have a, I think it has happened where, but I, I would probably say I acted as more of the nerve center, sometimes the nervous center, um, as kind of the hub. So everything kind of flowed in and then I flowed everything out. Um, so I was like this, this kind of, yeah, sort of like the, 
the, the hub. And then I'm very lucky with my co-founder, John, who's like, I might be the nervous system and he's the, uh, he's, you know, he's the, the backbone of the company in a lot of ways. And so that's worked really well. But now it's, got, you know, we're really trying to drive more distributed ownership. And, what, and we've just been working on our values. And one of our uh, core values is ownership. So getting, so everybody has, you know, equity options as an employee and just, you know, driving ownership in their domain. So they're owning, you know, their, what they're doing. And it's not, so there's a lot of checking in and, you know, just, you know, kind of reviewing and, and maybe getting um, decision making. But the more that, I can kind of say you you need to decide or you need to you know that's your call um the better I think it is and so it's it's about empowering so definitely I think it's been a change as we've grown and and also it does come down to having great um leaders as well in their departments so people that can just go and they know what they want to do and it's aligned to our goals so that obviously makes a huge difference how, how have you found that operating with, with John right back at the beginning? Did you sit down and discuss ways of working and what would happen when you had disagreements, et cetera? It'd be really interesting to find out how are you a yin and yang, for example, or how did you work out the best way of working between each other? Um, and how you could continue yeah. approach? Well, tr trust is, sorry, say it again. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, Charles, I say, and before you answer that, yeah. Ben has an ulterior motive <laughs> because he has his business partner next yeah, to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, first of all, trust. So you can tell you guys trust each other a lot. and That, that, that is everything, right? So, you, you know, you trust each other um, and everything, everything kind of, everything else kind of external or whatever other inputs, um, we transcend that together. So it's, we always come together as a, you know, kind of a, our own little circle to, because we trust each other. And I, I think also we've had adversity personally kind of along the way um, and where we backed each other. Um, luckily they, they didn't happen at the same time, um, but we've had adversity personally where we had to back each other in the business. And, um, and then I think kind of going back to more of the, like you guys did a profile on the management team which is really powerful. And um, we, when John and I did one, it basically showed that we we're exact opposites. So like his strengths are my weaknesses, my weaknesses are his strengths. Um, and, and then he's an incredibly patient person and I'm an incredibly impatient person. So I think, I think his patience obviously helps a lot. <laughs> so, Which is great when yeah. you actually understand that the weaknesses are actually strengths. But it's when people don't realize that that you start to be at loggerheads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or if you're two alike, then actually that's not going to work if, either. If we it? were two alike, it would be a real, it wouldn't work. Um, definitely. Like, yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting. And I think for, from our perspective, you, you said a couple of words there, and I'm not sure if you caught the micro. They weren't micro expressions. They were, they were max, maximum expressions. Okay. But we're very similar in terms okay. of we have. Oh, I'm sorry. Like we have, <laughs> no, 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 no. Similar what? in terms of. Um, in terms of you two. That actually, oh, okay, okay we, okay. we have some strengths that overlap for sure, but actually we have quite a few differences. Okay. Ben is phenomenally patient right. and I am less so. Okay. Um, for example, and, and it's interesting that that dynamic in any, any team, whether you're founders of a business or whether you're, you're, you're people collaborating in a team, I think that understanding of, of strengths and playing to each other's strengths is, is really powerful. So, 
you talked a bit about there about some work we we did with you um, in terms of understanding people's people's strengths and how they can lean into their strengths. But I'm interested also to go further in terms of collaboration. So you obviously have a, a co-founder that you collaborate with. Um, so you've got that that inner circle of teamwork. How how do you engender and create teamwork within within Zapnito? That means you get more than the sum of your parts in terms of performance. Well, I, I think it comes down to um, that you know having people own own you know deliverables and outcomes, and also we really try to keep the silos broken, right? So um, I'll give you maybe a practical example. So um, we have obviously our departments. You have the you know kind of old Roman uh, hierarchy system and all that stuff. Um, but we've also created circles where they we break the silos. So we have like a a brand circle, um, a vision and growth circle, a people circle, and it's where any different people representing different departments can come together and have their own ownership. And they're kind of there's no real hierarchy in the circle. It's like you have you might have a circle lead, and then um, and then they they do proposals back to other circles, and we propose. Um, things back to those circles. So that has created, I think it's broken that down a little bit and has driven um, collaboration. And then we also have task force. So if we have like a, a mission towards something, like we're just launching, uh, well, we've launched a go-to-market initiative into tech and SaaS. And we did that quite, a, you know, about six months ago, we had a task force to do that. And that pulled from different people across those departments. So like the circles are, Ongoing task force are kind of like project-based, uh, inter, uh, interdisciplinary and or in, uh, interdepartmental uh, representatives are there. So that's kind of one example. And I just think inclusivity and just like make you know allowing people to have a voice in the company across the board. Um, and we're you know we're about thirty people, so it, it makes it easier because you know it's small. But that's something we want as we scale. We want to replicate that. So I think inclusivity, ownership, and then being very conscious about breaking down those barriers that are formed in departments who they have their own goals and objectives and actually creating goals and objectives that, that maybe transcend the departmental structure. Yeah. And then also the yeah, last like thing is like direct, direct conversation. Idea. Sorry, Ben. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I really like that idea about the circles and transcending the, the departments. We often get clients come to us who... They work really effectively in their department, but they lack the collaboration interdepartmentally. So actually something like those circles would be a, a great idea or something to implement. I, I was going to ask after, after you said what you're going to say about how do you choose who's in those circles? Um, that's a great question. So they kind of choose themselves. So it's like, well, it, so you might, if I'm a, if, if I create a circle, I might sort of des like, uh, designate people to be in that circle. Or you might say, we're creating this circle and people volunteer to be in that circle. And then you have to make sure if it's a really popular circle, you have to kind of keep it. You don't want the whole company in the circle, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then people can kind of come in and out if they want to. So we've seen that as well. Yeah, it's good. At it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And yeah. I think um, I think the bit that is, uh, I guess, bubbling away in my mind is with those circles. I guess it's 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 really important that the ways of working are are consistent and understood like what's the purpose of the circle how do we operate in this what what's the what's the objective although the objective may be ongoing and there might be 
you know, goals along the way. I guess each circle has its kind of ethos and it, its lens. It's self-managed as well then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you might have, a, you might have a, a manifesto for a circle or you might have, you might be quite dynamic. Um, so like our vision roadmap circle is pretty dynamic right now, which is just to keep it high level before we kind of talk about the why, before we talk about the what and how. So you don't want too much, too much structure until you get to the why and then, um, then the what and how you probably want a lot of structure around that. Yeah. Did, did you get to a certain point, obviously around 30 people now, did you get to a certain number of employees where suddenly you thought, right, we, we need this, things have to change? Or have you just consistently added to the working ways or the ways of working, the practices as you've grown? Can you remember back to a time when there was a sudden need? Um, I think we got to a certain point, probably around 25 people. Um, so I think we, we had, I kind of think about like you have, bands of eight, if you will. So you have eight people, then 16 people. Um, and so with, with eight people, you know, that's like its own circle. And then 16 people is still pretty functioning, but you might start seeing, you know, people banding, you know, separately a little bit. And then once you get to about 30 people, I think that's where the departments start to like shape and then get solidified. And then Maybe in a smaller company, they even start to kind of have an identity, you know, that's within itself. That's you know almost seen as like, oh, that's marketing, that's sales, that's whoever. Um, and then I think once you get to probably a hundred people, you know, even I don't know, thousand people, um, then you have to think of really creative ways to break down those silos. And I think the circles idea and the task force are uh, a great approach for that. And I was going to say, just, just, sorry, just looking back then, you're in a great position to probably just take a, a nugget of learning from, from where you've come from to where you are now. Is there anything that, looking back when you were sort of eight to 16 people, that you thought or you think you have to have in place before scaling up to 30, 50, 100? And by the time you get to that size, it's too late to then try and introduce that thing that you're thinking of? Um, I think culture. I think having, and this is where you guys are, you know, you guys come in, is like having a very clear anchor point for your culture around your values and the vision and mission. And we're very customer centric. So sometimes customer centricity, like obviously there's strengths in that, but you can be led by your customers and that can be great. But also at the same time, you want to have a vision that you're all working towards. And I think, yeah, I think the biggest, probably the biggest thing to have in place to scale is that, that culture that can scale and then the vision and the mission that can scale. I think those are probably the two core things that I would suggest to my future self as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how, it's just like I've having your guiding principles a... in place that, that can scale for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I, I wanna, I've got a very quick question and then, and then a question to, to move, move the conversation on because this, this circle element, I think it's clear that Ben and I quite like it. Mm. Um, where did you where where did you borrow the circle idea from, or is it an original idea? It's I, I borrowed it from one of our clients, a company called Carger, and they introduced it. They're much larger, so Daniel, who's the CEO, had talked about it at, at a CEO council that I was on. Um, and then Zappos, I don't know if you've heard of Zappos. They were the shoe company. Um, now he created the founder. I can't remember his name. Um, he created something called holacracy, which is a bit like circles on steroids, and it's a, and it was trying to break down 
the whole hierarchical structure, departmental structure, and create this holocratic, you know, I don't know where the, the term came from, but it's pretty, pretty cheesy. But that was, I think we, we borrowed from some of that as well. But at the same point, at the same time, I think it's important to have, you're still going to have hierarchy, you know, you're still going to have managers you can't get away from it. It's just how it is. And the circles can break that down. Um, but I still think you can have a hybrid approach to it. So I'll send you guys a link to Holacracy, which is, uh, uh, yeah, he no, did pretty well. That. He sold to Amazon. So, he, you know, he did pretty well. It must've worked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's helpful. That's how it's nice. It's always nice to know the origin story yeah. behind, behind how things become in, in, in teams and businesses. Um, my next question to, to move us on is around, is around kind of hero mode okay. and, um, and, and hero mode for, for me and for us, we talk, we, we talk about it when we're speaking to CEOs and leaders in business in particular, because there, there's a hero mode element where you could probably drop in and, you know, you could, you could fix something in a circle if there's a challenge they're wrestling with or someone in, in their day to day, you could drop in into the weeds and be like, I can, I can but but we know that if we do that, a it's good because we get a dopamine hit selfishly. But b it's bad because we then we then kind of stop people becoming autonomous and 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 creating better ideas than we possibly can. So within within these circles, I imagine you're getting a bunch of ideas bubbling to the surface, which could be re really useful. And then in the day to day of of developing products and going to market and growing the business, how do you? How do you make sure that when you delegate stuff and you give people autonomy, you stop yourself kind of going over the top and going kind of, yeah, but I can help. Oh, I really struggle with that, Ben. Um, so I still, I still jump in, right? And I try to stop myself. Um, so I think it's one of these things where I, I would rather wait now for people to come, you know, say, hey, we're struggling with this. We need, we need your help. And then my response is, what you know what's your what's your recommendation yeah what have you tried already yeah before i you know it's so like you said it's it's so um tempting to come in and be like hey you know this is what i think and it, you know and, and i think that really stifles creativity and ownership so i definitely don't want to do that and i try not to do that um and we're also it doesn't just happen with me um this happens with like our cto and john and we really are trying to move away from this sort of hero culture where people are, you know, you might have like five or six people that are considered heroes and they're amazing and they have do amazing work. Um, and that's great, but you really want that, you know, that to be distributed out to the entire team. You want everybody to feel like they're a star and they have something to contribute. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, particularly with you're we're just small enough where I can jump in and be like, we got to do this. Let's go. You know, and and I just think you're right. It 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 um it has a real um catch twenty two to it, definitely. Because it because then it reinforces itself. It's like, well, we need Charles for this, or we need John or Carl. And then John and then Carl comes in. It's our CTO. He comes in. Hero fixes everything. They're like, oh man, we need Carl again. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's the easy yeah. option, isn't it? It's quick. It's easy. Yeah, just yeah. Get, just get Carl in. Just get the experts yeah. in. Completely. But then no one else develops or grows. Yeah, completely. And, and Charles, you, earlier you used um, superpowers and kryptonite as, as as two as two kind of phrases. And I think it's interesting because, like, at, at one point, your superpower 
was your superpower. But now I guess your superpower can become your kryptonite because you need other people to become superheroes. Um, and um, and is that, there's that trade-off, I guess, between, between allowing potentially some failure and some learning from, from failure um, and catching them kind of just before, just before it's catastrophic failure yeah, versus not allowing any, any failing forward. Yeah, which is which is really hard when there's there's money on the line, there's investment on the line, there's reputation on the line. It's a uh, it's a tough thing to balance. Oh, completely. Agree. And how how do you how do you introduce that from from the first time someone joins the team or joins Zapnito? How do yourself and John and Carl introduce that notion that it is a safe space? You want people to come to you with solutions and creativity as opposed to come to you with problems or asking for help. What's the interaction like, or what's your approach? So I think we're, we've, um, we probably, we've always had values, you know, we've always kind of tried to live through those values. And I think the, the team lives those values, but we haven't really put them recently on paper and really made them a priority. Um, so now when somebody starts, we want to take them through the values and really talk through how the, those values are manifested and then kind of champion people that are living those values or examples of, uh, of people. So um, I think that helps a lot. So just really grounding people on, okay, these are our values, this is our mission, this is our vision. Um, and then creating a safe place in the sense that, um, you know, we want them to, to, to feel like they're on a journey with us and that we've all been on that journey and create that sort of sense of empathy that you know they're trying to find their way, and we're here to help. And I think we have a kind of we're here to help culture uh, across the board, which is you know I'm really proud of. And I think that's not that's because of the people we've hired, really. Um, so I think the other part of that is in the circle of those people then come in and and are very welcoming to the people that are starting, and they're super you know helpful and encouraging. Um, with those people so that so one of the things yeah well i could talk about how amazing our culture is um as a founder but i'm very biased and i think um it's it really comes from the team you hire the right people with the right values that align to your values you're you're going to be going to be in a good place and um, what's next on the horizon for zapnito in terms of its growth and what challenges do you foresee as well what's over sort of the next 12 to 24 months in terms of your growth are you looking to expand pretty significantly? See any challenges with that? Yeah, so I think I'm kind of thinking about a 24 month uh, horizon. Um, the mar the market we had a tricky Q1 across the markets and uh, starting to see some really interesting uh, growth and and so for me, it's just leveraging the foundation and focusing on I think the the you know the basics really and and having a very clear plan towards so you know there's a lot of as you're kind of scaling there's a lot of sort of pivoting that happens when you're trying to scale and for us it's like the pivoting can actually get really get in your way um so we're we're not pivoting we have a plan we have a strategy we have our vision and it's just driving to that and then making adjustments not saying oh you know that didn't work uh let's stop it like let's you just keep going. So I think for us it's about being consistent and growing. And there's a, there's a startup curve which I can share with you guys, which is the J curve. I don't know if you guys have seen that, um, but it's pretty interesting. So a lot of a lot of companies are kind of in 
a morphing before, and then, then there's morphing, then modeling, and then there's scaling. And I think a lot of companies are thinking they're scaling, but they're actually still in morph. They, have, they haven't modeled what they're trying to do. So for us to drive growth is about being consistent, focus on um, the strategy and work off the plan. Yeah. So that your energy is not diluted in too many areas of focus is, is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's, this, this is the plan based on all the things we've learned. Let's stick to it. And then things that, sort of things that don't work it, within the plan, we, we tweak. We don't throw the plan out and, and start again. Because you can, every time you do that, you have to start again. You have to rethink everything. And so we have, a, I think we, and we also did the homework. So we have a very clear understanding of what the market we want to be in um, and where they're going. We want to understand how we're going to solve their pain. So, so I think you have to do the homework as well. And that was, that was a big learning for us is like, you really need to know what you're, what you're, what you're solving for, you know, for the market that you're about to go in. Definitely. That comes back to your why, knowing your why, understanding that and having everyone buy into it as well. Yeah. And I think the consistency, the consistency, consistency element is key because that gives your people a chance to have enough rep to in the right direction to, to get really good and really aligned together. I think, you know, as you said, the, te the temptation or, or when there is a need to pivot, everyone goes through that change curve again. And, and then you kind of, you know, you're going through, going through forming, storming, non performing, et cetera, to try and to realign. So yeah, a consistency in the same direction for as long as you possibly can, as long as it's still the right vector is, is, is going to, going to yield better results. Um, Charles, can I, can I ask you, our, our West Peak question now? So West Peak, the reason for the name is it, it comes down to kind of skill acquisition and how people apply skills. So, you know, people will, will, will learn a, a certain amount of information, go to apply it and kind of think they, they've got to the summit. They understand how everything works. And then they look over that summit and go, wow, there, there's a whole lot more to learn. So it'd be great if you could just share a, a story where, where you might have experienced that in your today <laughs> we've got some examples if that would would, would it help we ran through some examples of other other guests just to set the scene yeah so for, for example we had one of the red arrows who came on uh patrick kershaw and he had gone through his whole career it ended up on one of the, the typhoons the fighter jets and he was one of the, the best pilots on the, in his squadron and then he was invited into the red arrows so the, the air force's play team and he'd gone from being the best of the best to suddenly the junior member of an elite team so suddenly he had gone from being up here an instructor everyone thought he was one of the best pilots to suddenly still the cream of the crop but actually on the next scale and that was his the false peak he thought he was at the summit that when he looked over the top he was now the junior on an elite team and there was another level behind that uh, and we've had some sort of uh, tech startups and hyper growth companies where they've got to a certain stage and they thought yep this is it i'm at the snip of my career and then they've seen this hyper growth and actually they're on the first rung of an even larger ladder. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, as I've said earlier, like I was on, I guess, you know, climbing a peak of my career, corporate ladder, you know, had, had a big team, lots of, you know, responsibility, managing massive projects, you know, $100 million projects, things like that. And once I got to a certain point, I knew I could just keep climbing, you know, and, and, uh, and so I saw the peak, you know, and actually, um, I didn't like the, I didn't like the view 
as I said, and I essentially blew, I blew up the mountain um, and I decided, and then I fell, I fell hard, right? Cause I, I, you know, I, I'd been part of startups before, but you know, uh, and, and being a little bit more of a senior founder, you know, like you, it's a big change. So I had to reinvent myself. So, so the peak went from, you know, there was a good, good peak. There's more peaks. I w I'm not going to say they're easy peaks, um, but they were climbable peaks. I could, but then what I did was I just blew up the whole, you know, the whole mountain range, if you will. <laughs> and then I, I created, I, you know, I created a, a whole new set of peaks for myself. So it was like going to a peak and, or to base camp and then be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, um, uh, yeah, just to, to, to the level of the ocean um, and start to build a whole new set of peaks for myself. So that's been the journey. And so I'm kind of on that now. So I'm, I'm kind of climbed, uh, you know, started to scale up peak and now we want to really scale. So that's the next peak. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so. so on, on your own terms, really, you summited and, and decided that actually you're going to do this on your own terms rather than having that, that false summit. Direct you. Yeah, you're going I, to I purposefully go your own route. Purposefully destroyed my career um, and started, <laughs> and started you know started a brand new career in a way. And so a lot of people do that, but it's it becomes yeah it, it, the learning curve is is wild you know. And so I think also you learn a lot, and then it's also like to your metaphor, you you might not know that you're on a peak. You know you might you 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 might just be there and just kind of floundering around and not really real, realizing that you're, you're climbing that mountain. And so, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting question. Thank you. It's a nice answer. Although yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure we've had anyone blow up a mountain. No, not yet. That's good. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Take it figuratively. Yeah. 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 Maybe our logo needs to change. We need some fractures. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Charles, thank you so much. We're coming towards um, coming towards the end of the conversation now. Before we wrap up, we've got um, a quick fire question round where we want to we want to ask you um, a couple of questions, and I'll give you I'll give you an example before we dive in. One of them is planning or doing, and then you need to make a, a snap judgment and make a call as to whether it would be planning or doing. Um, so we're going to do two each. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, two each. Two. Okay, we've got them written up behind the camera. Okay. Why we're looking at yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. Nice. So we're going to do two each. You're going to come back with um with your 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 instinct and uh, right and there on the fly when you ask me. A hundred percent on the go. fly. We've done this. We've done this with other guests, and they've been like, "Oh, can I have a think on that one?" We've had to edit out the long. We've had to edit out the long yeah. pause. So <laughs> no long pause. Um, ben will go first. Ben will go first. So I'm, I'm going to go with wealth. Or time, um, time. Am I? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, time. That was good. Um, okay, rewind or pause your life. Pause. What's your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Ah. Oh, uh, Keep it clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a glass of red wine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. okay. Uh, success is. Success is. Being in a position where you can give back and help people grow as other people have helped you. Lovely. That's all it, oh, I think that's a really nice, nice question breath. to end the conversation. Charles, thank you so much for sharing your insights and spending the time with us. We've really appreciated it. Thank I think you I did have one last final thing in terms of a next guest, actually. 
Ooh. I think you've mentioned quite a few people who have been sort of inspirational in your journey and your career, especially sort of the fan of the circles, etc. Is there anyone that you can think of who you think our listeners might benefit from hearing from as well? Who would you like to hear from as the next guest on the podcast? Oh, yeah. So, you know who I think is just such a inspiring person? I mentioned him earlier. It's Mark Allen. Um, so he, he was the CEO of Wiley. Uh, you know, he, and he's chairman of quite a few companies, he's just such a great guy and, and has climbed that ladder. And, and he's just, yeah, he's just as, as a, as a leader. Um, yeah, I think he'd be a great participant. Okay. Guess number go. 15. Mark we'll Allen. reach out to him. Mark, yeah. Mark, you're listening. I'm happy to do <laughs> a show for, for you guys. Uh, Definitely. Th- thank Amazing. you. Thanks, we'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, it's been really insightful. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you for appearing on our podcast. Um, I think our listeners are going to take away a lot of, nuggets of information make better individuals better team players and better for the business as well so appreciate that thanks for joining us on the how they lead podcast we hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something new about the world of high performance if you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And don't forget to subscribe to the How They Lead podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep pushing yourself to reach your full potential and evolve the way you perform. And remember, just because something has always been done a certain way doesn't mean doing it a new way can't work. Hold up. 